Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and I am really excited about this week's guest. She's truly a skincare icon. She's a beauty writer for The Strategist. She's the author of Let's Face It, Secrets of a Skincare Obsessive. Welcome, Rio Vieira Newton. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I don't know if you know this, but I have been obsessed with you for years, and so this is very exciting for me. The feeling is so mutual, so <laughs> it's so nice to finally meet over this wonderful audio recording. I know. We, we live in the future now. This is how we communicate through laptops. Um, exactly. But Very future. I'm literally just, I, I have so many things that I want to ask you and like interrogate you about skincare. And so I feel like we should, I want to start from like the very beginning. I want to know what was the first skincare product you ever tried? Well, I will say that I definitely didn't have a lot of luck with skincare when I was growing up. I always had pretty bad acne and that was something that I was always struggling with and trying to kind of figure out the best way to treat. But I think the line that I probably used the most growing up was the Clean and Clear Blemish. Oh, yeah. Um, that, which to be honest, they still have a benzoyl peroxide spot treatment that is pretty good. Um, and I would recommend it, but a lot of it was just so stripping. And I think most people that have really dry acne prone skin probably struggled with the same thing. Um, you know, what was sold at CVS when I was growing up, everything was just so astringent and very much targeted towards like the idea that oily skin and acne prone skin were synonymous yeah oil free Uh, was on everything like every product was marketed as like oil free no oil like oil is bad and just like really high percentages of bhas and just like really really going to town and and all of those um bhas like there there weren't any other kind of hydrating or soothing ingredients balance balancing those out so it was just really harsh and I have pretty sensitive skin so I remember like a lot of my teenage years was were spent with full-blown rashes <laughs> yeah because you were probably just like putting all these products which were like just attacking your skin totally yeah and I would basically use all of these treatments to try and combat my acne and then I would have insane eczema flare-ups and then I would get products to treat my eczema and then my acne would just go berserk. Um, so finding that middle ground, finding that sweet spot was was hard for me. It was a real journey for sure. Yeah, because I mean, and I think everyone kind of experiences this in, in some way where like their skin needs more than one thing. They have multiple different like skincare concerns that they're trying to address simultaneously. And, you know, without having like the knowledge that like, it's not like innate, no one is like, Oh, I I know that I need more like lipids or whatever. Like, it's just kind of like one of those things that like, unfortunately, a lot of the time, for, for young girls or, or young boys, it's a lot of trial and error, which usually totally, consists of yes. like just yes. fucking up your skin barrier, basically. Like the amount of bad skin days I had to get, I had to have in order to get to the place I'm at right now. Like I, I, I couldn't even count them on my hands, you know? Um, and I think like another big tip is that, you know, and I think this is something I learned a lot while writing the book and also while studying esthetician school, but understanding that certain ingredients don't have to go all over your face. Right. So for me, now that I understand that I primarily break out in my T-zone, I only really exfoliate when I do in that area. I'm not really bringing it 
onto my cheeks. I'm not really bringing it anywhere near my under eyes. That's not really where I'm, I'm treating um, my skin with exfoliators. So that was definitely also kind of a learning process. It's all about just like trying to figure out your skin's kind of temperaments and its weird quirks. And yeah, that it's, you're nurturing a relationship. So it takes time. Oh, for sure. a thousand percent. And it's, it's so interesting that you just brought up, like you can use products just like in certain areas. Cause even like for me, like I would consider myself like, I, I'm pretty well versed in skincare. And I went to a dermatologist uh-huh. a few weeks ago, cause I wanted to get prescription um, retin-A and we were chatting and he was like, Oh, well you can just use this on like just the areas that you want, like, you don't have to put this mm-hmm. all over your face. And I was like, how has this never occurred to me before that I could just like, it doesn't like I would use spot treatments on just, you know, certain areas, but like any serum I was using any active, any treatment, like I was just putting it everywhere, which isn't necessarily always the best thing for your whole face. Well, also, you kind of have to think about it through a marketing perspective, right? Right. Because brands want you to use as much of their product as possible so that you need to buy a new one, right? So they're not going to tell you to use like a teeny, teeny, tiny amount. Oh, no. Usually they're like, this works. They want you to slather it on. They want you to use it every day, twice a day, you know? So that's another thing. And and one of the largest things I've learned is is that just because a brand is telling you to use a product in in a certain way doesn't necessarily mean that that is the best way for your skin to use it. I can't even tell you how many products I have that say to apply on dry skin that I know for a fact would work better if my skin was a little damp. And I'm like, what? Hundred percent. Why did you write this? Like, who told you? Yeah. To do this? Like, no. If it, it absorbs better, it it just it sinks in instantly, as opposed to me vigorously rubbing something on my face. That if my face was just like slightly damp, it would absorb like a dream. Like, wh- why are you telling me to do this? Did you? I have a question. Did you grow up um, with? breakouts, any acne? So I didn't grow up with acne, but I did grow up with five older or four older siblings, sisters to be mm-hmm. specific, who all loved skincare. And I would just do this really horrible thing where I would just like anything I found in their bathroom, just like slather it on my face. Like I was just like, Ooh, Same. What's, what's this? Like, Ooh, what's that? And I was just like putting shit all over my face. Mind you, like I look back at photos. I was like, why was I even putting anything on my face? Like ever? Like I didn't have anything that needed to be treated. You know what I mean? And I just, I feel like over time, what ended up happening is I did kind of just compromise my skin barrier. So by the time I was like in my twenties, I wasn't getting like full blown blown breakouts, but I think what I was doing was really drying out my skin, which would cause these weird breakouts. And then I didn't understand the concept of like, you can dry your skin out. Like that wasn't even something that had occurred to me. And I was just like, Oh, I have, I have breakouts. So now I have to like treat these breakouts. And all I was doing was like, further drying out my skin. And then I was convinced such a cycle. I was convinced I was like, I have dry skin later found out like, no, you can't just develop dry skin, you can get dehydrated skin. But like, Mm -hmm. if your skin wasn't dry to begin with, it's not gonna. And so it, it really was similarly to what you were saying, it was just like this journey. And then when I was in probably um, my twenties, which was kind of at the beginning of when skincare really started having its moment and, you know, into the gloss was out and everything like that, I started just researching skincare compulsively and realizing like, wait, like, I don't think I fully understand my skin type. And I don't think that I'm using the correct things for my skin. And I feel like once I understood what my skin needed, 
And like that just kind of changed everything, which is why I really love your book. I just got it yesterday, but I've, I've read through quite a bit of it because it's also just such a delightful read. Like, I don't know. I'm just really enjoying reading it so much. And I, I love that. Like, even for me as someone who like, I'll just say I'm like a skincare elitist. Like, I feel like I know everything. hundred percent. I'm, yeah, I'm like reading, for sure yeah, I'm like reading this and I'm just like, this is so helpful for me, but also I feel like it's so digestible for someone who maybe is very much like a skincare newbie. Like they don't maybe have all this information. They, they feel overwhelmed. And, and I feel like I really loved how you kind of just started off by like really understanding your skin, because I feel like that's something that we all really skip over. Like that's just like a part of so many people's skincare journey is like, jumping onto products without fully understanding your skin. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of the number one thing that um, the skincare community oversees is that sometimes you have to go back, you have to have a full grasp of the fundamentals in order to understand um, the more kind of complex science behind things. So a lot of times we skip the intro classes and we mm-hmm. go straight to AP. Mm-hmm. And I always think that even if you know so much about skincare, kind of going to the root of everything and really taking a step back and relearning um, the basics of everything can be so helpful. And I, I've, again, even learned that so much in esthetician school. Like for me, understanding skin anatomy and skin physiology through the lens of skincare has been such a fascinating way to reintroduce the basics of skincare to me. Um, And I think it's so valuable. But to your point, my number one goal throughout writing the entire book was to make sure it didn't feel intimidating. Yeah. Um, But it also was really important to me that we covered more than just the 101 basics, right? Like I wanted to be able to cover a lot of information without scaring someone who's just starting skincare, but also without boring someone that knows a lot like you. And so it's it's a hard balance. Like it's not an easy thing to like, like, like it's definitely like a very unique skill that you have because I got to be honest with you. I did an episode, people were asking me to do a, a podcast episode on skincare and I did it a really long time ago. And I sound like I'm having a manic episode. Like I just am like, okay, let me tell you about AHAs, BHAs, yeah, lactic. Yeah, like, yeah. and I'm just like, okay. And I'm trying to like literally just give everyone so much information. And I'm like, I don't, I, I think back to it. I'm like, why did I think that was like a good idea? That's so incredibly fucking overwhelming and probably made people feel like they need to go buy all of these things because I wasn't really taking the time to like, you know, break it down because again, that's like a skill. And so like, I love that you have it all kind of breaking broken down in such a way where like, you're starting off by like introducing, you know, introduction to your skin, and then going through all of the different needs and what would be the best for whatever need or concern that you have. And I I just the format of this book is like, it's so helpful, like, and, and, and for me, like, I feel like I very rarely feel like anything regarding skin that I've read recently, I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, this is stuff that I already knew. But like, I'm reading through this, I'm like, this is I have, I feel like I have a deeper understanding in a way that I never had, which is really cool for me. I mean, that means so much to me. Thank you so, so much. Um, I think one of the biggest skills that I learned um, was always trying to uh, make sure that I wasn't losing anyone in my writing. And and I think that that's a skill I really developed at The Strategist, mainly because I had an editor that did not work in beauty, nor did she care about beauty <laughs> at all. 
So I was constantly not only trying to get her excited about skincare, I was having to gloss over the fundamental right. over and over and over again because it's not even like she wouldn't understand what an AHA is. She wouldn't understand like what a foam cleanser right. was. Right. She was like, I have no idea what that is. And I remember at first, when I first started writing for The Strategist, I, I would be so frustrated by that. But I think it really did teach me such an important skill, which is always to circle back oh, and re-explain things. Absolutely. You know? And I think that that has been so helpful. Um, just assuming that no one knows anything. Right. Right. It's a really, really great writing skill. No, a thousand percent. And I feel like it can, at least for me, like I'm sometimes worried that that's going to come off as like condescending or something. But like, I think that whenever people are looking to learn about skincare, that's not something that should be a concern. And I, I, okay. So for those of you who don't know who Rio is, let me just let, we're going to do a second intro now, (laughs) 12 minutes into the episode, we're reintroducing you. She wrote this skincare Google doc, I believe in 2017 to just share with her Mm -hmm. friends. And it came across the hands of an editor at the strategist, which I believe is how you started working at the strategist. Yeah, that's exactly Which how I started working. Absolutely it's a crazy wild. origin story. Absolutely wild. Like the yeah. coolest origin story, the cutest meat cute ever. Like just, <laughs> it was very meat cute. Yeah. And I just I feel like when I because I remember reading that Google Doc and just being like, yeah, like this is so helpful. And it just like it was it was a breakdown that I feel like was so easy for people to like understand. And I feel like once you understand why certain products go in a certain order, what pro- like once you kind of just take the time to learn those things, everything in skincare starts to make a lot more sense and you're going to feel 100%. less lost and I, and, and less overwhelmed, which is why I think a lot of people are so reluctant to create like uh, any type of skincare routine because they just, everyone is just constantly pushing so much products online, whether they're an influencer or not. Like I feel like everyone is just always sharing so many products. And if you don't know what you're looking for, you just, it's going to be super overwhelming. Yeah. And I think that I had spent so much time recommending new products to people. One of the greatest joys of writing this book was that there were no product recommendations Mm -hmm. in it. Mm -hmm. So I just really wanted to give something that could help people understand kind of like what they already have a little bit more. Um, Because I think a lot of people have asked me sort of, was it tough to not write about products during this entire process? But I, I honestly can't tell you how liberating it was oh, I'm sure. to just write about skincare without the context of it being like an e-commerce yeah. kind of product selling experience. So just giving people information and kind of being like, here's everything you need to know, um, kind of do with this what you will was was really exciting for me. Um, and basically the way that the seed for this book was planted was that throughout my process of always researching and writing for the strategist, I would make notes, of course, in a Google Doc, because that is somehow how every origin story of mine starts. But I would write notes in a Google Doc so I could remember them and remember what certain ingredients meant, little tips and tricks for future references. And it just started to develop and it started to grow. I think like one of the very earliest notes I wrote is like glycolic acid equals AHA. It was little things like that. Um, And then I thought to myself, like, would it be helpful for me to publish these notes somewhere? 
um, doesn't really make sense for a strategist article. I think it could be really cool if I, I originally was like, maybe it's a zine, maybe it's something like that. Um, and that's kind of how my idea for the book started. It obviously became so much more than just those little notes, right. but it, it always just came from basically just wanting to shell out as much of the information I knew for people in a way that wasn't scary. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely how it comes across. And like, I, I've already texted my niece and told her, I was like, you need, you need to read this book because it's so it's what's fascinating to me is like, I feel like even though there's like so much information about skincare, that's like readily available now to girls and boys in their teens right now who, you know, they can access it, they can learn, they can do whatever things that we didn't really have as much of growing up. And yet they still are doing exactly the same things that I did, which is just using harsh products that are going to dry the fuck out of your skin. And I'm constantly telling my niece, I'm like, first of all, you just, you you need to baby your skin. Like you're not babying Mm -hmm. your skin enough. Like you're not treating your skin with like love and care. Like you're treating your skin like a rust stain on something that you're trying to like viciously scrape off. Like this is your face. Like this is your, like you, you gotta, you have to remember this is like your skin and trying to get, I think, people at such a young age to understand that, especially when they're like super self-conscious and they just want clear skin. Like they don't care how it happens. They just want. And I so sympathize with that. Like it's such a, it's such a hard feeling when you're going through it and, and you feel so vain and weird and narcissistic for feeling that way. But, but I totally understand just that kind of urgency and constant desire to want to fix your skin because it really acne can be so psychological when you're going through the worst patches of it like when I say that my skin was the only thing I thought about when I was going through kind of the worst of it it really was it was crazy but also because like another thing that people don't think about is Acne is also physical. So when you're going through really consistent uh, cystic hormonal acne, you can feel it on your face all day when you smile, when you talk. So it's this constant reminder that it's there and it can be, it can be really like debilitating in a lot of ways. Um, I think that I'm so happy that there are so many, um, kind of like acne positive campaigns coming out. And there's this normalization of skin texture and breakouts in a way that just I did not have when I was a teenager. And I, I would do anything like I remember I would Google celebrities with acne to try and see if people had it besides. Well, you want to feel like you want to feel like someone else is sharing this experience with you who you might look up to or think, you know, exactly. like you want to feel like very seen. And it's so interesting because even though I didn't grow up with acne um, and it's crazy how your skin does change as you get older in ways that you don't really see coming. Cause I, like, I, like I really never thought like, Oh, when I turn like 28, suddenly I'm going to get like a cystic pimple every three months, like clockwork. And it just started happening and I never really had breakouts. And then here I am going from like no breakouts to cystic acne, which I'm just like, what the, what the fuck is this? Like what? Uh And, and, and when you don't know anything about acne to begin with, you definitely don't know anything about cystic acne. It's just like, so what, what am I supposed to do about this? And again, even as an adult, even as an adult who knew about skincare, I was just constantly reapplying everything I could find that had like sulfur in it, salicylic acid. Like I was rotating everything, which in moderation, I think 
could be effective. I was being really obsessive about it because it was all I could think about. And I felt so just very like, like not in control in any way, shape or form. And I I was so shocked at how much it affected me. And like you said, like you can feel it. Like you could, like, I remember Mm -hmm. there were, I would get some that would like pulsate. And even though like it would be this one thing on my face, I could not stop thinking about it. Like I would wake up in the morning. The first thing I would do is look at it and then I would go ice it or something. Like I just felt like I had to constantly be doing something to treat it in a way where ultimately what I was doing was again, just hurting my skin. Cause I was just doing too much. Like I, I think that's yeah. the other thing. Like when you have anything about your skin that you're unhappy with, I feel like a lot of people go through this experience of just feeling like you need to constantly be doing something for it. When in reality, like, that's maybe not always the best thing to do. Yeah. I mean, the amount of times, the first thing I did when I used to wake up was feel my face. I remember that being truly like the the way that we kind of like compulsively check our phone as soon as we wake up, I remember I would immediately reach to my face and like feel around for new blemishes. Um, it It was something that I feel like was controlling every every part of my day in a in a very strange way but i think people believe that journeys with acne are you have acne one day and then one day you just don't have it anymore yeah i still fully have cystic hormonal breakouts they happen often and are they any less annoying no they're still annoying but i have nurtured this relationship with my skin in a way where i am no longer surprised by them and i know i talk about this a little bit in the book but the number one thing is that i i would always feel so betrayed by my body mm-hmm. when this was happening. oh my god when i would wake yes. up with giant acne i would be like what is happening to me i felt like i had no control over myself or my body and it, it was a, it was a really crazy feeling. But now when I break out, I understand my skin so well. I'm like, you know what? It was probably because I didn't wash my face when I worked out, or you know, it's my time of the month soon, or you know, I was eating a lot of greasy foods. But I don't even care about all of those things because I I understand where it's coming from. It doesn't mean I'm going to eat any less greasy foods or I'm going to be more rigorous, but it's more about just understanding why things happen because then you feel less betrayed. Does that make sense? That, I know I said no, that in kind of that, a roundabout way. Nothing has ever resonated with me more, to be honest with you. And I'm not even just saying that, but like, that's exactly what it is. Like I feel betrayed by my body when I get these breakouts because I'm like, I feel like I'm doing so much. And then I turn into a little detective and I have a friend who I'll call when I have a breakout because she cares about skin just as much as me. So when you're, when you're being a crazy skincare person, you need to call someone who like, you know, understands you. And I'm like, Fully. I got this. Cystic- your people, yeah. your skincare people. Yeah. I'm like, I have a cystic pimple. And then I start like trying to like come up with different theories as to what could have potentially caused this. I'm like, well, I did go to hot yoga and I didn't wash my face immediately after, even though I did rinse it yep. with water. <laughs> and I'm like, but then also I tried this new serum. And so maybe my skin got clogged by the serum and then I did actually and like just all of the theories all all of just everything I literally turned into a skincare detective and I feel like just understanding it makes me feel better about it which I feel like maybe some people don't understand that but like that is what it comes down to it's like why is my body doing this 
Yeah, I can't explain the psychology behind it, but knowing that your pimple came from that hot yoga class yeah. makes it so much easier yep. to deal with. And it's not like I'm going to stop going. I'm just going to maybe do things 100%. differently. Like like I I will wash my face right after class, not with a face wash because I'll be honest with you, I'm too lazy to bring a face wash, but I will go rinse my face with cold water and and, that's and dry it with yeah. a clean towel and then r- wash it with a face wash and stuff once I get home. But like that is something that I will never not do now because I know that like when you let sweat just sit on your face, that's not, it's never going to be a good thing for your skin to just let it sit there. Yeah. And then when it happens, you're kind of like, Oh, whatever. I got it from yoga. Exactly. You know, exactly. And I, (laughs) it just makes it so much easier. And it took me so like, so like I said, I mean, I, I didn't start getting cystic acne until I was probably like 28. I'm 32 now. I just turned 32 and, and I would get like, you know, two or three a year and it would just be the bane of my existence. And then it would leave post-inflammatory pigmentation on my skin. So then there was that, that I had to deal with, even though I would just, I wasn't picking at them. It just always left a mark. And then I finally Mm. went to see a dermatologist and it's so it's so crazy to me because I'll go to the dermatologist for like things that are like not as concerning but like when it comes to something like this that was genuinely affecting my mood I don't know why I didn't think to do this earlier and they and they prescribed me something that I feel like has helped so much but like I know that a dermatologist isn't an option for everyone, which is also why I think yeah. that your book is so amazing because I don't think anything can really replace going to see a dermatologist, but I think that having an informative resource is something that could maybe like guide you. And so then maybe if you are able to go to a dermatologist at a later point or whatever, this can be like kind of like a, a helpful thing to just you know, be there until you are able to do that, because it definitely is a luxury to be able to see a dermatologist. For sure. And I also think people expect that they are like, held to this standard where they're supposed to remember all of this information about skincare. And of course, it's easier for some people, like it's obviously very easy for you and me to retain information we learn about skincare. But for a lot of people, it's hard and and they don't want to and nor should they have to remember all of these science terms, the difference between these different ingredients, how it's functioning in your body. So I just wanted to make something that would, would allow people to have like a one-stop shop. Yeah. So they wouldn't have to Google a million things, read a million different articles. They lost the article. They forgot what they read. You know what I mean? I just wanted to create something that people could constantly rely on anytime things felt overwhelming. And I them. think that a lot of times when we see these like TikToks where someone is like, I use a skincare product and it completely changed my skin. There are so many people who will run out and buy it. But like, I yeah. feel like an important thing to <laughs> always remember is everyone has such different skin. Like everyone's no one, I've never met anyone who has the exact same skin as me. So it's, it's doesn't make sense logically that just because it worked for this person. And I understand that like desperation where you're like, I just, I just want to fix this problem. But it's like, I think taking a step back and, and, and referring to something like your book is a really helpful tool and being like, okay, well, what's the ingredient? And that's a whole other thing. And, and like you were saying, like, I remember all the ingredients and I, I, I'm, I'm a crazy person, but like not everyone is that obsessive or crazy about skincare. So having your book and being able to be like, okay, well, what's the main ingredient of this product that was a miracle thing for this girl's skin and looking into it and seeing if that's something that you then feel like your skin would need. Yes, exactly. Do you go on TikTok a lot? I love TikTok. I'm addicted to TikTok. I can't stop. I am. TikTok. I 
<laughs> it's all I have. Yeah, it's it's it, it, <laughs> like, it, it is my kiss, good morning, and good night. It is my life. Let me tell you something. Going to the bathroom and going on TikTok. <laughs> is there anything more blissful? Let me tell you about my my morning routine, which consists of me holding up my phone and brushing my teeth, and always having one dry hand to scroll through TikTok. Because apparently now I don't even know how to brush my teeth without being on TikTok simultaneously. I don't know what kind of damage this is doing to my brain. I'm sure it can't be great, but like it's also so enjoyable. But you know, TikTok brings me so much joy in a way that Instagram just simply has yep, never. Yep, 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 yep. Like no other social media makes me laugh, yep. puts me in a good mood, also helps me feel understood. Like the nichest, most specific yeah. jokes about like how weird we all are. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so nice to like, is it creepy how the algorithm works? Sure. But it's also kind of nice that it just knows what I, it knows what I need to hear. You know what I mean? And, and then I'll see another person who's experiencing the same thing as me and, and they'll say it in such a funny way that I'm like we could laugh about this together now we, we we're both fucked up it's fine yeah it's like you can you can look at skincare you can look at all these amazing tips from dermatologists but you can also get these like hyper specific jokes about weird anxiety or depression characteristics that I just really didn't know anyone else had. That's what I'm saying. But I will say I found that I am constantly trying to diagnose myself with things based off of TikTok, which I have a friend who's a doctor. And she said that I really need to stop doing that. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Just, 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 just checking. What kind of things like physical? <sighs> well, I well TikTok, psychological? TikTok has convinced me that not only do I have ADD, but now TikTok has convinced me that I might be autistic. To which I did tell my mom that, and she was like, "I feel like that's something that I would have picked up on a lot longer ago." And I was like, mm, "Maybe I should trust my mom over TikTok." But but TikTok did <laughs> did convince me that I had ADD and that I was autistic. Like I I was convinced. I was like holy shit, I can't believe it. I need to go see a doctor. Is there some type of like, what do I need to do? And then, um, you know, the, the, this is just a cautionary tale that, you know, maybe it could help you discover things, but it could also maybe not be enough to diagnose you with autism. Yeah, well, to play devil's advocate to that point, I I did have a friend whose parents were adamantly against therapy and psychiatry growing up. It was just was not a part of her like familial culture. Started going on TikTok, believed she had ADHD, and then went and saw a psychologist, and it turned out she did. Oh, and that's I mean, and yeah. now she is prescribed ADHD medication, and and she is so happy and feels like she's really unlocked this new part of her. So, my point being, <laughs> self-diagnosis is always a slippery slope, but if it's a means for you to seek professional help then that's awesome. That's what I'm saying. And I feel that way about dermatology too. Oh, and I also, I don't know why, but like there are so many people on TikTok who do these like skincare videos and stuff. And I just feel like, I think that because a lot of people say things with like confidence, it just seems very like believable. You're so right. It's all about the conviction. But I can't tell you how many times I've come across a video and I was like, listen, I, you know, I, I am knowledgeable in skincare. I'm, I'm not like, I haven't like studied it in a formal way, but like, I know for a fact, this is incorrect. Like this is objectively I've seen wrong. so many lies, yeah. but that's also, that's what's so hard, right? Is because TikTok is such an amazing resource, but none of it is regulated. Yeah. So how do you decide? Right. There's no fact trackers. Like the, the goddamn ordinary serum. <laughs> 
the AHA BHA oh super high concentration serum that is truly destroying people's skin. I think it's a cool product. I would probably use it once a month, maybe. I would have it in my cabinet to use for special occasions. The fact that it was getting kids in high school to use once or twice a day is so scary. I also just feel <laughs> because, like it's yeah. like, okay, so I remember when I got that, it's the 10 minute peel, the, the one that looks like blood. I got the red one. Yeah, I got which it. It's also like harrowing. The it's so, it's so scary. I got it at, they're like, uh, like they had a brick and mortar store in Miami. I got it like five years ago. And I remember just being so hyped on the ordinary because it was so cheap. And so I bought it and I remember putting it all over my face and then being like, you know what? I'm going to wash it off in about eight minutes, just, just, just to be on the safe side, because I could see that it had some pretty, I'm so glad that I washed it off my face just after eight minutes, not even the full 10 minutes was so, it it was so irritated. It was so red. It was so angry. And I have pretty resilient skin that can, that can really handle active. So for me, I was like, Oh shit, this is crazy. So from that point on, I would only use it on my nose. I would kind of use it like in lieu of like a... See, there you go. Exactly. Finding the part of your skin that it works for. And I would only use it on my nose. And like you said, yeah, I think I was using it like once a month, if anything. But I also used it on my heels of my feet. And and honestly, that if you have really dry feet, like heels, whatever that's a great place to use it. Like again, but even such a good idea, Again, only once a month, like you, you don't want to be using. And I mean, again, I've gone through this whole, like, I remember discovering acids and like, just being like a crackhead because I was like, my skin is so glowy and radiant. Like I want to do this. So smooth. Yeah. I I felt the exact same way. And what I, it's acids are so addictive. And then what I didn't realize is that I was just like thinning the fuck out of my skin, destroying my barrier, just doing all of these things that like, I didn't mean to do, but it's because I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing my due diligence and it sounds so intense to talk about skincare like that. But like when you're using these active ingredients, you need to understand what they are and what you should or shouldn't be mixing them with, because I'm sure no one wants to like, you know, have their skin like peel off. Like no, no one wants that. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's I, yeah. It's how much access these kids have to products is is a blessing and a curse, right? Because I had nothing growing up and I feel like had I had had I had a CauseRx pimple patch, had I had a star phase, I think things would have been so different. Oh my for god. Me. But there are so many incredibly strong products that anyone can use and anyone can use however they they'd like to. Um so I and I think it's not funny, but I, it is something that I observed that during the pandemic, there was this obsession with acids, trying retinoids for the first time. And then there was simultaneously this insane rise in conversation around moisture barrier. Yes. And I'm not saying that correlation is always causation, but in this case, I was like, obviously, it was, comical. It was truly these comical. Are, these are connected because people are like, destroying their skin and then being like oh how do I moisturize my skin it's so tight it's so dry and I'm like, like well yeah. you guys yeah, yeah man it's, it's gonna be dry if you're slap if you've never used retinol before and then you're putting it on every fucking night and then you're not wearing sunscreen and you're you're just you're doing all these things to basically you know make your skin very upset 
Yeah. I mean, I also, I don't want to judge, but like, I, I hope no one listening to this feels like I'm judging them because I want to be clear that I have personally destroyed my skin over and over and oh, over absolutely. again. And as I said, it has taken me so long to finally get to a place where I understand it. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh man, that's actually me right now. Don't worry. You can totally fix it. This doesn't have we've to be all, you for the rest of your all life. Done it. I mean, maybe it might've been two months ago. I, I'm really great at like always doing my skincare routine. This is something about myself that I've been very proud of for years and years since I was like 22 years old, never gone to sleep without doing my skincare routine. Like I am very diligent. It's a, it's a whole ceremony. I was really sleepy a few weeks ago and I had a new retinol that I was trying and I don't know how this happened, but like I took this retinol, I, I put it on my hand I stopped to do something. I look back, there's a cream on my hand and I thought it was my moisturizer. Uh And I just put it all over my face, all over my eyes, all like just everywhere. And, and then I was kind of tired that night. Like I said, I was very sleepy. And so I was just like, dude, I'm just going to do a moisturizer tonight and call it a night. Cause sometimes, sometimes it's just like that. Sometimes you're too tired. Sometimes a hundred percent. Sometimes a quick moisturizer or a little one step is the best. Okay. Continue. I wake up in the morning (laughs) and my skin felt so tight and dry. Like as soon as I woke up and I was like, why does my skin feel like this? I look in the mirror. My skin is just red and peeling and, and just like, like, like I can't, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrible. Like the skin around my eyes was so raw. I was like, I was about to say, there's nothing worse than retinoids that you've put around your uh, eyes, like the worst feeling. And it was like also a, a retinol that I just started trying and I didn't realize that it was so intense which I'm like I want to say what product it was okay I'm gonna I'm just gonna say it's a drunk elephant retinol yes I I gotta be honest with you I would never recommend that to anyone because the way it fucked up my skin like I understand that I put it on I didn't use anything else and it put it next to my eyes but not even just my eye area like my whole face like was burnt like I've never experienced anything like that so like I'm not really sure what's going on with it but like I'm terrified of it and I'm I'm scared of it but um, and again, I've been using retinol since I was like 24 years old. So this, uh-huh. it was just, I don't know, but it's saying something. Yeah. It's saying something like th- there's something going, like I'm also using Tret right now and it's never made my skin react that way. So anyway, I, this happened to wow, me. That's so interesting. But this happened to me two months ago. And, and all I did afterwards was I was like, okay, I, 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 I made a mistake. And now all I need to do is put, you know, the most gentle, soothing, barrier repairing products on my face, nothing else, just that nothing else. I just need to baby my skin. I need to seal in the moisture as much as possible. And I just need to be super gentle. I need to stay out of the sun. And I was shocked at how quickly my skin really just bounced back. And, and it, and, you know, I was able to like be in the sun again, because I was terrified. Like I was like, my skin is so raw and exposed right now. Like I need to stay the fuck away from the sun because I don't want to hurt it anymore. But yeah, I mean, we all make you know, mistakes, no matter how much we learn about skincare, it's just like an ongoing thing. Yeah. And I mean, when I think about it, I didn't even really start wearing sunscreen every day until I was about 23. Yeah. You know, like things like that, which to me, I can't imagine having a routine without it. Like I was straight up using AHAs and BHAs without wearing a sunscreen when I was younger. And, but I think a huge part of the skincare process and creating a routine that's right for you is forgiving yourself for your mistakes. 
don't think about them too much, which is why I really hate the whole finger wagging culture around skincare. Yeah. Because are you going to, are you going to honestly say you've never made that mistake before? Are you going to honestly say you've never done dumb stuff to your skin? So when people are on TikTok, like, how could you do this? I understand that it's, it's can be a slippery slope when people are spreading misinformation, but if people are just saying, this is what I do, you don't have to be mean to them right. when you're telling them that it's not correct. Right. You know, you can just be like, Hey, you know, I think if you, if you're using that concentration, you should really only use it once a month or once a week or whatever. You don't have to be like, this is so stupid. Right. You don't want to bully people. I will say I do, <laughs> I do bully people about sunscreen a little bit. I bully people about but in a, I'll, but in I'll, a fun I'll, way, like in a way that you would bully your sibling, like in a ha ha he he kind of way. But like, I, I do like to scare the shit out of people when it comes to sunscreen. Loving but, bullying. Yeah. I just, cause I, I feel like there for a long time, there was really no emphasis on it. And I'm really glad that it's a conversation now. And it's become this thing where like everyone kind of, you know, has probably heard it once or twice, but like, you know, melanoma is not fun. And, and, no, it's, and, it's and, very and that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's not because I feel like there's all these arguments like what's so wrong with aging. I don't wear sunscreen not to age. That's that's I mean, is it a nice perk? Absolutely. But I'm wearing sunscreen every day to protect my skin from the sun because I don't want skin cancer. That is that is yeah. that is the way I think about it. That's why it's important to me. It's like being prescribed a medication and taking it every day. That's the way I perceive sunscreen as this necessity in life that I need to yeah. do to take care of my body and everything else is just extra. And I think people get so obsessed with the kind of like scheduling behind wearing sunscreen. They're like, do I wear it in, in X, Y, and Z scenario? What do I do if this is happening? But I'm always like, just put it on every day. Yep. <laughs> just make a habit of wearing it and it'll be so much easier because you never know if the sun's going to come out or if you're going to go out, you're going to make an, take an impromptu walk, sit in the park for a while. Like you never know. So you might as well just err on the side of caution. That's And yeah. then you just get into the habit of doing it and I promise it will pay off on so many different levels that are pay off. And that's the thing. Like, even though I, and, and I feel like a lot of times people feel like when they make skincare mistakes, they're like, I can't come back from this. Like you were saying, I mean, I was using acids on a regular basis and not wearing sunscreen in my early twenties. And yeah, me too. And, exactly. And, yeah. And I feel like now my skin looks better than it did when I was in my early twenties. And it's because I'm protecting it. I'm, I'm just constantly every day protecting it again not, you know, getting fine, as many fine lines and wrinkles is fun and whatever. Like I'm, I want to age gracefully, so I'm cool with it. But like, I think that sunscreen just has so many positive aspects about it that I can't understand why it wouldn't be a priority. You know what I mean? I completely agree. Also, like the number one trick is finding a sunscreen that has a finish that you yes. genuinely love oh, yeah. and you think makes your skin look better so that you're excited to put it on. Right, you're so, so I about always, that. Yes, like I have a sunscreen that makes my skin look wonderfully dewy and hydrated, and I, I I'm like sprinting to use it in my routine because it? it's a thing that makes my skin look the best. So I have a couple, and I'm always kind of rotating. I think the Black Girl sunscreen is amazing for giving a really kind of like dewy glow. I've actually um, had though, the founder does, on and she's amazing. She's one of the funniest fucking people in the world. And yes, her, like she, it was, it was a very thoughtfully made sunscreen that I think a lot of people think like, Oh, black girl. It's for everyone. Everyone can use it. It just, yeah, yeah. totally. 
Um, that's an amazing sunscreen. Also, I mean, if you're into kind of a, a super dewy highlighter obsessive situation, the super goop glow oh screen, God. I think is what I it's knew called, you were going to say that is yes. insane. Yes. Like that with a little bit of concealer, that's like my full face of makeup. You know what I compare that sunscreen to? I don't know if you're familiar. Charlotte Tilbury came out with this Hollywood flawless. Filter. I can't stand you for reading my yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally the flawless filter thing that Charlotte Tilbury came out with, but it's just a sunscreen. And it's so mind boggling to me. Cause I'm like, first of all, how the fuck did they make this magical sunscreen? And like, it's, it's amazing. It's, it's, and I love mixing it with another sunscreen. If I, if I want it to look a little bit more like, like a little bit less shimmery and then I'll put extra glow screen like on my cheekbones, like it's a highlight. Like I literally treat it like it's a highlight. No, I, I completely agree. I think it's so, it's so strange that you made that comparison because I have always thought that oh my God. they're so similar. So if you love the Charlotte Tilbury flawless filter, which I do, that's one of my favorite makeup products. Um, you will absolutely adore this sunscreen. I really love it that. It is definitely, <laughs> yeah, like it is definitely like my boyfriend put it on once not realizing <laughs> and it, it looked intense. Like it fully looked like he was wearing makeup yeah which was obviously fine. He looked great and super glowy. Love that for him. <laughs> but but if you are someone that likes a really, really natural finish, probably isn't the best pick for you. If you really don't like a makeup I I know that a lot which of I personally people, don't like. a lot of people in my life are always talking about, well, the reason they don't like sunscreen is because it makes them look greasy. And I, I like looking greasy. That's my preferred look. Same, same. So those are the sunscreens that I usually look for. Like I'm never looking for a mattifying sunscreen, but can you think of anything Ever. for someone who would want that more matte or even like natural look? Well, I don't know if you've tried the Dr. Loretta urban antioxidant. You just sunscreen. said that to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Try that. Okay. I'd love to hear your thoughts. It, it is not a matte finish, but I would say it's more on the kind of velvety side. And Ooh. I live in New York. And so in the summer I am sweating like crazy. Mm -hmm. The humidity is just insane. And I, I have found that I really like that sunscreen in the summer because it's not going to give you that kind of, I hate when matte things feel like weirdly tacky and sticky. It's just a phobia of mine. This is just like very neutral. It's not going to make you look greasy. It's not going to give you that glow, but it's just going to make you look very neutral and velvety. And I really love it. And it's a blend of chemical and physical. Oh, nice. Okay. I, yeah. that's amazing because I mix chemical and physical sunscreens constantly because I, I'm just, I, I can't express to you how much I love sun protection. <laughs> But like, no, I feel the exact. Yeah, same I, way. I, feel I like, can tell we're very yeah, much like on this. I love mixing sunscreens so much for that exact reason. Like sometimes I'll mix the formulas together, or sometimes I'll just put the chemical one on and then put a physical sunscreen on top of it. And like I just, I'm always kind of like layering sunscreens, and that makes me really happy. And now I'm very excited to try it because, yeah, especially it's getting warmer outside, so maybe I wouldn't mind a more velvety look because I am going to get a natural sheen regardless, just from like exactly existing. you're going to get it. You're going to get it no matter what. Yeah. So I kind of like to start off with something more neutral. So, but yeah, so the sun, the Loretta one's great because you're getting all of those amazing kind of like anti-inflammatory calming benefits of a zinc oxide, but it's not going to make you look chalky. 
I want, which is obviously the reason why so many people don't use physical. A thousand percent. And which is why I'm so glad that like there are brands like black girl sunscreen that literally they're created just for the sole purpose, mainly to go on darker skin tones and not look ashy or not look, you know, gray or patchy or anything like that. Because that definitely was not readily available for a really long time, which is very fucked up on 100%. many levels. But it's just it's it's really nice to see brands catering to different skin colors and skin types and and just making it much more accessible because I think it just really comes down to accessibility and like yeah, you could buy black girl sunscreen at Target. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just having that readily available, I think, really does change the way people view things like sunscreen it's not this tedious thing that it used to be like a decade ago yeah and that's also why I hate all of the dialogue around kind of shaming people yeah. for wearing chemical sunscreen I think it's so harmful and I and I that's another thing that I'm really trying to put an end to amongst people in the skincare community it's because for a lot of people, chemical sunscreen, beyond me truly believing in my heart that it is completely fine to use, a lot of people are more excited about chemical sunscreens because the formulas are more elegant. And if the entire thing is about getting people to just use sunscreen as much as possible, you really shouldn't shame people for the sunscreen that they use. Now, if we have a Gwyneth Paltrow situation and they're not using sunscreen in the right Did way, you, that's a different story. I, my brain, I love Gwyneth Paltrow, but she does do shit sometimes. And I'm like, do you understand? I'm like, I'm this is irresponsible. This is an irresponsible thing for you to say. Like she literally, for those of you who haven't seen it, she basically talks about how she applies sunscreen and she like literally just puts like a tiny little drop, like on like the tip of her nose and like wherever the sun hits. And I'm like, that's not how sunscreen works. It's it, it, the one thing you shouldn't so be spot treating with is sunscreen. Sunscreen should never be a spot treatment. Sunscreen should be like slather it on, like think of it as like uh, you want to like I really feel like the way I could explain sunscreen application is imagine you you're painting a wall you want it to cover and coat everything evenly that's how sunscreen should be applied to your face you're literally putting a protective shield over your face so if you're putting a teeny tiny amount how do you expect that to protect your face it's just not possible that's exactly right yeah evenness is so important it's just just making sure that you're delivering like an even layer to your skin so everything is as protected. Like, it's it's so I'm true. Like, and and I agree so much because I I also love so many of the goop products. Yeah. I think they're really wonderful. I think that the formulas are really smart. There's a lot of incredible products, but she just makes it hard to root for her. Yeah. She re she really makes it hard to root for her. And I'm just like, and I want to, <laughs> why are you saying this? Like you, there's no way you think that this is okay. Why are you saying this is, what is it like a prank or something? I just, I, I was pretty, I was pretty disappointed in it. Cause I was just like, you, you, you know, that people literally, you have a cult following that you don't someone said um another podcaster brooke devard was saying that she thinks that it is like a full troll that she does it on purpose you think to have people react to her youtube videos and go nuts and kind of like direct people to watch those videos and i don't know but it was it was food for thought i mean it's definitely a possible like strategy that she's using for you know clicks and stuff but also like uh, of course, me and my skincare obsessed brain is just like, but you're you're gonna make people not apply sunscreen correctly, and that's I harmful. Know. I agree. That's yeah. harmful. It's, it's totally propaganda. Harmful. Um, but I just <laughs> it, is it is, and I'm just like, Gwyneth, what are you doing? But 
I wanted to ask you if you were into like skin treatments, like IPL, PRP, anything like that. Have you ever dabbled in like getting skincare treatments like that done? I, I love laser. I think laser is really interesting. I've done clear and brilliant before and I did like it. it it's the kind of thing where clear and brilliant is really expensive. And it is also kind of where we talk, spoken a lot today about like journeys. Mm -hmm. It's not the kind of thing where immediately you're going to look amazing. There are certain laser treatments like laser Genesis, which I'm not sure if you've tried, which is a lot milder. And it's kind of what people use pre-ride carpet so it's gentle um those i think are wonderful um i just think with things like clear and brilliant people need to make sure that they have managed their expectations like it's possible it's not going to fix everything it's not going to get rid of all of your hyperpigmentation also people do tend to break out afterwards um but i do think that it it has a lot of amazing benefits um yeah, I don't know if that was helpful. <laughs> no, that was. And I, I, I always like to ask just because I feel like, you know, if for people who are like really into skincare, I find that we're more, I like, I'm going to group us now. We're less likely to go to these skin treatments as opposed to finding like products, not that skin treatments aren't amazing, but like, I think a lot of times also with skin treatments, not only are they expensive, but like, you can't just get one and then just like, you know, go with God. Like you, you gotta, yeah, you, and then it's, you gotta keep doing this treatment. It's a commitment yeah, to the game. It's definitely a commitment. There's usually like a downtime. And so for things like that, like I was recently considering um, getting PRP just because like, I don't know, I'm bored. And like, that's, that's literally my reasoning. I'm like, I'm kind of bored. I kind of want to try this, but then I was like, there's a lot of downtime and you have to get it quite a few times. And, you know, that's a lot of money. So it just kind of like, how do I justify this? And I finally came to the conclusion, like, I don't think this is something that is like essential for me to get right now. You know, I think that maybe if I have like a special occasion coming up that I want to look really good for, like maybe, but I'm just like, I don't know that this is something that everyone needs to get done when you have access to things like, you know, retinol. Yeah. I feel like with with in spa treatments, I tend to I feel like I'm very patient with my treatments at home. I'm very patient with my skincare. But when I'm investing in a treatment, I kind of want immediate yes. results. Yes. Like I kind of want to walk out and be like, I look amazing. And I know that that's a little immature of me, but it's just my truth. No, that is what I also um, like. <laughs> so microcurrent facials are the best because you really do see a difference when you are are walking out of the spa. Yeah. So if there's anyone in New York, SB Skin is amazing. She has amazing microcurrent facials. Oh, also Jumi, I forget what her last name is, in LA, she was Lady Gaga's onset facialist um during a star is born because she wasn't allowed oh, to wow. wear makeup. So the whole basically like Gaga was like, I can't wear any makeup. So I'm just going to microcurrent the shit out of my face every day. So I look snatched. And she, I mean, her skin looks amazing in that movie. I mean, her and, skin does look amazing in that movie. But also I love microcurrent, which is why I wanted to ask you if you are you into using like at home skin tools at all? Yeah, I use the new face. Okay, me too. And I absolutely adore it. I have not tried the zip yet, but I really want to. I, um, I can't justify it because I have the new face. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I agree. Uh, I feel the exact same way. I'm like, I want it because it, it looks, it looks so, it would be cool. so cool to compare yeah. the two. I feel like on the most superficial level, I like the way the zip looks. Every day, you, you know, Charlotte, <laughs> and I'm like, right? I need it. 
Charlotte? Yes. That woman can sell me anything. Uh, every time I see her use a zip, I, wa- I want to just run to the store and buy a zip. Like the way she just glides it over her face. I'm like, listen, they, need, me they need to be paying you a lot of money because you're you're heavily influencing me. And, Theory. Uh, and I have a new face. And, and the thing is, is I do really like my new face. But like, I got to say, like I go through really, like I'll go like months where I'm like not using it at all. And then I'll be using it every single day for like, you know, a whole month. And I'm like, wow, my skin looks so good. And then I'll just fall off. And it just, I find it so hard to incorporate it into my daily routine because yeah, I, I feel the exact same way. I just, listen, I'm down to do whatever skincare. I don't have time for that. Yeah, I, that's, but the problem I just don't. is, is that you need to use it consistently for the effects yeah. to last. So it's like for long-term effects. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's very, str- but stressful. the good thing about new face, the good thing about new face is like, let's say you were doing a photo shoot or you had a really important zoom, like you will get lifting benefits even if you just use it oh. once before. Are you gonna are they gonna last a long time? No. Are they gonna be super dramatic? No. But it is nice to know that you can kind of use it in both ways, right? So if you use it consistently, you can get long term benefits, but even if you just want an instant lift. And I do wanna ask you, so on those days that you wanna look really just really snatched, really good, you you want your skin to look its best, what is that routine yeah. like for you? Oh my God, this is such a good question. Cause I, I honestly haven't thought about this in so long because I can't remember oh, yeah. the last the time pandemic. I've done something. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I can't remember the last time I've been like, Oh, I'm going to an event. I'm going to like do the most. Um, so yes, totally new face would be in the mix without a question. Um, I have been, obs- do you know who Jude Chow is? She runs that blog 50 shades of snake. Yes. Yes, 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 yes amazing genius I absolutely adore her also coming out with the book this year I think it's out right now actually but she just launched sheet masks and they are so good I if you are a mask lover if you like sheet masks I'm telling you they're worth every single penny they're so amazing they fit so well I feel like they never get dry which is so important to me in a sheet mask. I hate when you put on a sheet mask and it's completely dry yeah. after like two minutes. Um, and the ingredient list is just wonderful. There's nothing that you wouldn't want in it. You know, like there's no fragrance. I mean, I feel it's hard. And fragrance is so nuanced. I don't want to like demonize it, but there's no fragrance. There's no, no denatured alcohol. There's none of the things that you would possibly steer clear of if you were going to get a sheet mask. Mm-hmm. Um, just amazing, good for your skin benefits. And she has like a, I want to say it's called sculpting or lifting mask. And it's just the perfect combination of incredibly hydrating and kind of skin plumping. I mean, again, definitely what I would would do. I I just, I feel like I need, I need that right now. Like I need to buy it more than anything. I, I love all of her sheet masks are so good. I'm telling you. I love, I love masks like a lot. Um, masks are really important to me, but ever since I started using Tret, I have taken a break from a lot of my masks because a lot of my masks are more of like a chemical exfoliant situation. So yeah, I feel that I've had that too. So I'm looking for a lot of incorporating a lot more like hydration. Just generally speaking, I'm always looking to incorporate more ways to keep my skin looking really moisturized, hydrated, plump, but like more than ever now, that's definitely like a top concern for me. So that's perfect. Cause I feel like those masks 
seem to be addressing those exact concerns that I have because, you know, and and that's the thing when you're using different products, you want to make sure you're supplementing them with the, with the correct products, which again, I feel like your book is really helpful at helping people break down like how that works because, you know, when you start using a retinol, at least for me, I want to stop using every other active. And this is someone who I've been using retinol, but when I'm using a new retinol, especially a prescription, you know, you really want to make sure that like you are the only other thing you're putting on your face is something that's adding hydration or moisture. That's how I feel about it. And I like even vitamin C's, I'm like, nope, I'm not, I'm not doing anything else until my skin gets used to just using this. I got to say, I couldn't agree with your advice more. I think that you were right on the nose. And just if you are doing a retinoid, just just let the retinoid be the main character, Yeah, you know, and have all of these wonderful hydrating, skin plumping, conditioning, nourishing ingredients and products be the supporting actors. And just let that be your situation. And I think it's the best way to also see how a product is working for your skin, which I would be interested because okay, I get I get sent a lot of skincare, and the way the way I've been test the way I test out skincare has fluctuated throughout the years. When it first started happening, and I was getting sent all this product, I was just like, I have to try everything. I have to try everything. I want to try everything. I need to try everything. And then you know you realize that you end up wasting a lot of products. So that kind of changed my perspective, and also like. For me, I'm I'm like, how am I going to test a product out if I'm not using it consistently? But because, you know, you work at The Strategist and you write about, you know, skincare and beauty and, and, you know, you're, you're sharing all these product recommendations. How do you test product? Like, what's that process like for you? I was the exact same way. in when I first started working in beauty, I was trying absolutely everything. I, I can't, I couldn't not put something on my face if it was brand new. I was, I was just obsessed with trying absolutely everything. But then I realized that not only was it bad for my skin, I was writing worse reviews because I wasn't actually aware of what was doing. Right. And I think that that's applicable to anyone, not just a writer who works in beauty. I think that it's so important to give your skin a full, this is just my tip. I'm sure people will say even more or less than this, but a full 30 days of it being the only new product in your routine. And I really, really stand by that. If you're someone that loves skincare, it will make such a difference because obviously if your skin is having a reaction to something earlier than 30 days, stop. I'm not saying you have to keep doing it for 30 days to understand if it's (laughs) bad, but to, to understand the full benefits of something, give it a full 30 days. And then you can see whether it's working for you, whether it's not what it's actually doing. I read somewhere recently also that when you're like under the age of 25, you can see the results of products faster than when you're like after that point. I don't know. I didn't do much digging, but I, I do feel like it seems like accurate because I think back to when I would try a new product when I was in my early 20s. And I feel like I would see results very quickly, as opposed to as you know, I'm in my, you know, early 30s. Now, it's just a little bit different where I need to kind of really give the product time to work. And also, I think I'm using a lot more advanced skincare now, which mm-hmm. does typically take a little bit longer. I don't know. It's it, I love instant gratification, but I feel like the products that work best for my skin long-term are the products that I don't see results very quickly. 
I feel the exact same way. Or it, it's kind of the thing where no news is good news. Right. You know right, what I mean? right, right. When it comes to your skin, like if I'm not having a reaction, if I'm not breaking out, then that's a really good thing for me as someone with really sensitive, dehydrated, acne prone skin. Um, and sometimes I won't see those benefits for a couple of months and I'll be like, oh, now that I think about it, my hyperpigmentation has been a lot less aggressive or it's not getting worse. Um, but yeah, it is training yourself to get used to not instant gratification with skincare can also be, it can be tough, but you can get there. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like we look at us, we did it. I'm like, look, look at us. Who would have thought? Not me. But I, I want to ask you before we wrap, if you, and I feel like you've probably been asked this before, but like, I just, I'm nosy. I want to know if you could only use like three skincare products, what three skincare products would you use? Oh my God. That's so hard. Okay. For like the rest of my life. <sighs> okay. Maybe not, maybe for like a year. Let's make it. Cause I know the rest of your life is too long and your skin is going to change. And so like, you know, we'll, we'll say a year. <laughs> okay. So I will never, never not have a pimple patch in my routine for many reasons, because it helps me stop picking my skin because it helps my breakouts. That That's a non-negotiable for me. Another thing is usually like a hydrating toner. And I am pretty fluid with which ones I use. It's important to me that there's some kind of antioxidant benefits, but also very conditioning. Um, I have like three I go in between. So it's hard for me to choose. But right now, the star of my routine is definitely the Causarex propolis one. Okay. Um, which is just like incredibly hydrating. And it also has some kind some sort of like reparative ingredients that I found has also been really helpful even when I am breaking out. So the reason why I'm leaning towards that is in the event that I'm having a breakout, that is something that would be very helpful. And then of course, the sunscreen, I think. I mean, um, that sounds like a, an incredible three-step routine to be on. Like I honestly right? genuinely feel like if you if you don't, if you're not into skincare this, this, that, those are three things that I feel like could be helpful because for me, that's how I I feel about pimple patches in the way that I'm just like, I just know that if I have this on, I'm not going to pick like, and I'll put it on anything, like not a pimple. It doesn't even have to be a pimple. Like if I see a little blackhead, I will put a pimple patch on it to prevent myself from then attacking my face with a little uh, tool to get it out. Because that's an issue that I feel like a lot of people struggle with. Like it just, you want to, you want to pick at everything. You want to get everything out. I don't know why our brains make us do these things, but we, it just having a pimple patch on, it just makes you forget that it's there and then you don't touch it. And then, I I mean, I try and perform full blown surgery. I, I can't tell you how in I go on my skin when there's it's nothing. There's nothing there. Rio, I've, but I swear, I've lanced, I swear on my life. I've lanced um, Amelia under my eye at home, which I would not recommend yeah. at all. Don't do that. I mean, listen, listen, horrible. Don't, but I've been there. It, it worked. <laughs> I did it, but don't do it. I would not. But when I think back to it, I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? What? Why did I ever <laughs> think like that? I'm going to put a needle to my, to my under eye. That's what I'll do. And this is going to be great. I mean, I, so close to your eye. I, I, it's just so crazy. Why would I do that? I've also seen people, I've also seen people fully burst blood vessels and it'd be <gasps> like something they pay thousands of dollars to get laser done later because they've done that. So just because we got away with it somehow unscathed. Listen, the um, things yeah, that I've done to my skin really, truly lead me to believe that skin is extremely resilient because 
if that were not the case, I don't even know what my face would look like. Like just the hours I spent pressed up against a mirror, like as a teenager, just looking for anything, looking for just literally anything to extract. And I would get like mad when there was nothing to extract. Yeah. And like, talk about how cyclical acne can be like, you break out, you pick your skin, you get more breakouts because you picked your skin. It's just picking your skin is definitely one of the first steps to preventing acne, in my opinion, if you are a skin picker. Absolutely. Like, and and I think what we don't realize is like, yeah, it might seem like, okay, I got the infection out. Yay. But like a lot of times what you're also doing is like pushing the infection deeper into your skin. And maybe just because a little bit is coming out and you feel satisfied by it doesn't mean that you're not also going to create more breakouts. And also this one breakout that could have probably healed in a week is now going to take a lot longer, which again, I've been there. I've done it. I'm guilty. But like, I think it's important, like you were saying earlier, like forgive yourself and you know, when you know that you've picked out your skin and you know what's going to happen, I don't know about you, but the first thing I do is just try to ice the area as much as possible and just like really try to like calm it down because I feel like your skin gets so angry when you pick at it as it should, you know, like don't, don't yeah, pick it. That's exactly what I do too. And, and those ice globes yeah. are so great as well because they also are kind of temperature controlled. So they don't get so cold that you're going to burn your skin because I've also done that with ice, because I can I can't escape it. Even when I'm like, I'm good, I'm not picking my skin. I'm gonna ice it instead. I have also just straight up burned my skin. Um, so ice gloves are great, but if not, <laughs> wrapping it, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, wrapping it in a little bit of um, paper towel, yeah, or like a really thin cloth. Great way to do it, it too, and significantly cheaper. And also, like I think that. I, when it comes to ice, I, so I use these like scotch rock ice mold things. So it is ice directly on my skin, but I will only put it on very specific areas of my face for a very short period of time because I have yes, burned, on and off because I, yeah, well. because I yeah. have burned my skin with ice before it looked like I had frostbite. It was pretty hilarious for a very short period of time. And then I just got angry because I was like, why did I do this? To-? I was like, what is happening? Oh yeah, I just, I burned my skin with ice. Cool, cool. But yeah, those ice globes are a great way to prevent that from happening. And also you feel like you're doing something for your skin because it really does reduce the redness and size of pimples pretty, pretty noticeably. Yeah, it feels like something proactive that you're doing. Because I think that that is one of the worst things about skin picking, right? The like compulsion. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd be surprised how, how much it helps just to have something else to do with your hands. Oh, absolutely. A thousand percent, which is why pimple patches are such a key thing to pimple patches are the key. Also the ones with micro needles in them, because uh, this is kind of gross, but like it's satisfying because you can feel them going in and it, it gives also that kind of like physical, sensation that also is deeply satisfying. I feel so, like yeah. zit try zit sticka has really cool like micro needle patches for like different skin concerns and I actually they have one for post inflammatory uh pigmentation. I really want to try those. I really yeah, want to They try those actually work really well and then Dr. Jart has also micro dart like the little like stickers with the little needles in it and they also have one for dark spots and I swear to you I only a few come in the pack, which is kind of annoying and expensive, but I do feel like it did really help 
to brighten um, the pigmentation that I had on my skin. And, and it really takes a lot for me to, to get pigmentation to go away. So I was pretty impressed by that. But yeah, Zitstika and um, Dr. Jar are two that I've tried for, uh, like, you know, pigmentation that you're trying to get rid of. And it, they're really helpful. Yeah, I, I definitely need to try those. Um, on my to do. I I wanna I wanna ask you one more question. This is, I swear this is the last one. I'm like I just there are so many things I want to ask you, and I do feel like I could talk to you about skincare forever. But in a, I know that I feel like that's the issue. Me and you could stay and talk for hours. Right. I can just feel it. <laughs> but like I just have to say, if you, I love it. One of my most like when you follow people online, sometimes maybe this is just a me thing. I don't think it's a me thing. I think other people feel that way. But I get really excited when I see them doing really exciting. Things. And I remember when I saw that you were on Alexa Chung's YouTube channel, I got so excited for you in a way that I can't articulate. It was a little like, I, I literally was like, Oh my God, Rio's on Alexa. This is so exciting. But like, I was that like a moment where you were like, Holy shit. Like, I can't believe this has happened. Like, that's really huge. Like, I, like, that's a crazy thing. Like you've done a lot of impressive things, but like Alexa Chung was like an icon for me growing up. So like, I was very, very, very excited for you. She's a total icon. And I was, yeah, I mean, I was totally terrified. I love YouTube. I'm obsessed with YouTube. But also being on her channel was so, it was so overwhelming to me. It was beyond exciting. But I think, to be just completely honest, she is so cool. And she's so fucking funny that she made the experience so chill as soon as we started recording. That's so nice. Honestly. Yeah. Like she just really is the coolest. And I was definitely so scared before, but I I'm so proud of those videos and they're so silly and they're so funny. And, and I think that there is a lot of really valuable information. There is. In them. And I also think, I also think Alexa represents so many people because she's the type of person who who wants to get into skincare and wants the benefits, but she's like, I'm not going to do all that shit. You know what I mean? She's like, just give me the good stuff and just let me be on my merry way. Which is, I so think, I feel like working with her was, was perfect because yeah, she really captured that. It's, and it's also like, I think that there is this pressure that you do need to have this like seven step skincare routine. And like, that's just not the case. So like, if you feel that pressure, like feel free to remove that pressure off. Like you don't, you don't need to do the most, like just be like, there are people who love skincare and they, and it's fun for them. It's like an activity. That's how I feel about it. Like I love skincare in that way where like, I'm excited to try different ingredients. I'm, I'm, I'm just, everything about skincare is exciting for me, but like, if it's a stressful experience for you, like having a very simple skincare routine also is like uh, definitely a move that is worth making. Like there are times where like, I will really, really narrow it down to just like a handful of products and that's my skincare routine. And it's, it's really nice. It's really refreshing to really simplify it. Yeah. And I think that, you know, skincare really does thrive off of consistency. Mm -hmm. So if you are creating this giant routine and you know, you know, in your heart, whether you're going to get home, you're going to be lazy, you're going to be tired, you're not going to do it. Don't waste your money. You know, you really, really can create a routine that's just like two steps and it can be a gorge routine. A thousand, thousand, thousand percent. And Rio, I, I really need to, I'm like, I need to stop myself from talking to you. So I am going to force myself now because I'm like, I could ask you a million other questions, but I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It's truly an honor to, to talk to you about skincare. You are the queen of skincare. So, I mean, this is truly, I mean, 
it was so fun because you were also a total skincare obsessive, like you're a genius as well. So it was an absolute pleasure to talk to you. This was so, so, so much fun. And where can people find you online? Where can they find, let's face it, your book, plug all of your things? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and at Rio VN. Um, I have a link in my bio. You can buy the book at pretty much any major retailer, but you can also find it on IndieBound if you want to shop locally. So you can search um, the closest independent bookstore to you that stocks it. And I also have a column at The Strategist, which you guys can check out at New York Mag slash strategist. And yeah, yeah, I'm going to have everything linked in the episode description. And as always, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at Arab American Psycho, where you will see a lovely photo of Rio. Um, you can also follow me on Instagram at Nori, where, you know, I'm just being, um, you know, narcissistic and also a, a little ranty. And as always, don't forget to floss your teeth, wear your sunscreen, don't be a fucking asshole. And I'll talk to you guys <laughs> next Sunday. <laughs>